Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Having trouble getting things done at work? You're not alone. Maybe in order to unlock amazing outcomes, it's time to stop looking up and down for answers and instead start looking across. What do we mean by that? The companies with the fastest speed to market tend to be the ones that look across the organization rather than up and down the hierarchy. Stay tuned to hear how Atlassian software like Confluence, Jira, and Loom can help maximize effective teamwork in your organization. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Support for Pivot comes from Pendo. Pendo improves the apps your customers and employees rely on. Whether you're building applications for customers or managing applications for employees, Pendo can help deliver better experiences for your users so they can get more value from your software. Visit pendo.io slash pivot to learn more about how your team can use Pendo to start building better digital experiences. There you can also check out Pendo's lineup of free certification courses, 12 hours of in-depth training for your product management teams on topics from AI to product analytics to product-led growth. That's pendo.io slash pivot to learn more. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Scott, how you doing? I'm good, Kara. What's going I'm, on? What's I'm a little word? bummed, even though I don't like football, that the San Francisco, I went to sleep during the Super Bowl, and then I woke up, and they, they were winning when I went to sleep, and then they lost when I woke up. Something tells great. me it means more to Kansas City than it does to San Francisco. I understand that. It was fine. I just wish, I just like when San Francisco wins, even though I don't even understand any of the sports. We apparently have some very good sports ball teams there. Um, but in any case, <laughs> a very, congratulations ball. to the great state of Missouri. Yes. Um, as yes. you know, Trump congratulated Kansas, and there is they are on the border there. So to be fair, they're on the border. Otherwise, as Claire McCastle uh, said, he's a stone-cold idiot um, to thank a different state from when the Super Bowl was won. But nonetheless, congratulations, and now we move on to another sport, apparently. Anyway, um, so so let's get to tech. Uh, so you saw, you, I was reading some of your things. You sold your, your Facebook stock, the rest of us. Tell us more. Uh, I sold most of it last year. Uh, so I think, uh, first off, uh, and I usually don't announce it because um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's anyone's business when I buy and sell stocks. But anyways, the uh, I think, if you will, big tech has to the detriment of every other big tech company and to the benefit of Facebook l- been lumped into one massive group. Yes. And we have a tendency to kind of um, paint or broad brush paint their behavior as all a big tech. And the reality is Facebook has pulled away from everyone else in terms of an absolute disregard uh, for the mental health of teenagers mm-hmm. uh, and inability to – I mean, the fact that they've decided in a very brazen way to say, no, we're going to we're gonna continue to – anyone who wants influence on our platform, regardless of how they use that influence, as long as there's a check or a dollar bill at the end of it, we're down with that. And I think coming out of a $5 billion fine that was 11 weeks of cash flow has not only right. not chastened them, I think it's emboldened them. And if you and listen the 550 to, fine, the 550 fine to uh, the state of Illinois over facial recognition. I just don't think they care. I think that the kind yeah. of guy you pull over in a Ferrari and he says to the police officer, fuck you, and throws $100 at him and speeds off. I just mm-hmm. don't. I just don't think they care. I think they've done the math and figure it, figured out, look, it's easier to pay 
the government and overrun them than it is to comply or pretend to have any regard for the Commonwealth or the health of so the world. So wait, so you have a conscience, Scott? This is amazing because you always say like occasionally you go it for, props up. Occasionally, well, you say that you 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 may insult things, but then you have this capitalist side that just is like I'm still buying the stock. So it's like the cigarette companies to you. It's like mm, maybe not. I don't want to make money that way. Well, I, do, I, I, I thought that I, I've always argued that net-net, distinct of my criticism, big tech is a net gainer for America. Right, right. And the problem is with the word net because we, we tend to make a, a, a this baseline zero-one decision. And if we decide they're a net gainer, then we should just leave hands off of them. And I've, I've said right. this, pesticides we're net gainers from, but we have an FDA. And I don't, yeah. I don't think that doesn't mean Amazon, which I also own, Apple, which I also own, I think we aren't net gainers from those companies. I think they should be broken up. I think they should deserve tremendous scrutiny. But I've actually come to the point as of, I would argue, since um, I'm trying to think the pivotal moment for me, quite frankly, and it was something people didn't talk a lot about, which is, is when the, Facebook decided who should be our chief legal counsel. And they mm. decided to pick the person who was able to convince Congress to torture enemy combatants. Oh, that was a while ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, this that is the gestalt of the inside of this company. Like, who would best represent what we have done and what we are planning to do legally? And it's the individual who has figured out a way to somehow legitimize our inhumanity as a They've nation. They've just done that with a newsfeed person, too, who's, so, who's quite controversial. I, that's when they I keep sold, doing that. That's yeah. when I sold the majority of my stock. So I, I would argue that Facebook, unlike the rest of BegTech, is actually a net negative. And if, if Facebook right. were to go away, if we were to legislate them out of business, if we were to put one or more of their executives in prison and the firm were to crash, that as a society, distinct of all the great job growth, distinct of all the innovation, distinct of all the shareholder value, and all of those things are amazing things— that the world would be better off. So, All right. I'm Scott trying to put, stay. plants a flag on the Mount Everest of conscience. I really appreciate it. Hardly. This. Hardly. Well, but anyways, it's— Well it's, done. It's, <laughs> but you still think the stock's going to go up, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. In any case, no, this All right. isn't an economic decision. No, this is me no. trying to have some semblance of like, okay, I'm a hypocrite, sleep but I'm not a fucking night. raging the hypocrite. sleep at night move. So, Scott, apropos of your wokeness, your new wokeness, just so you know, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg said on Friday, the social media company is going to stand for principles. This is according to CNBC. It believes in whether people like it or not. This is a new approach. I think we're going to piss a lot of people off, he said at some event he was at. Frankly, the old approach was pissing off a lot of people, too, so let's try something different. And he said they're going to really double down on free speech and strong encryption. We're going to stand up for free expression. It's unfortunate. Uh, This is such a controversial thing. And then he ended with, my goal for the next decade isn't to be liked. It's to be understood because in order to be trusted, people need to know what you stand for. I, I think this is so much bullshit. I can't even—I don't know where to start. But you, why don't you go ahead now that you're woke, Scott? Well, Facebook's principles are clear. Delay and obfuscation, cash any check regardless of the damage to the Commonwealth or to our children. And the notion that, you know, it just—I think it's—I think it's—I find it arrogant that the CEO of a company has decided and publicly states— that we're going to start pissing uh, people off. You know what we need to do? We're already pissed. We, we're already pissed. We need to start pissing him off. Yeah. And and that is it. it the arrogance they have over, the, here are the principles they've overrun Washington, delay and obfuscation. They deploy these weapons of mass destruction and avoidance in the form of very likable number twos. And there is a standing summons for Mr. Zuckerberg and Ms. Sandberg in Canada. 
I say we I say we do the same thing. Anyways, that's my that's my rant. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I agree Karen? with you. I think this is this speech is just amazing. They, what I, remember, I keep telling you they feel like victims. They feel persecuted, and no one believes me. They're like, oh, how can they think that? They literally feel wrapping themselves in this free expression cloak is immediately saying we don't believe. In, of course, we believe in free expression. We don't believe in unfettered, damaging expression that you don't take responsibility for, and that that they're conflating the two, just like he did with his speech at Georgetown between paid speech and free speech. It's really abhorrent. It's just, this is just, uh, this is not what a, a a responsible CEO does. And it's really, it's, I just, just when you think it, it, it is so Trumpian in that way, just when you think it can't get worse, it gets worse. So I'm not very happy. And you, you brought up last week, the unholy alliance where basically Trump said, we're not going to go after the Zuck because we figured out that the ability to weaponize this thing and and covertly send messages from people you trust that confuse you and suppress the vote, which lends itself well to Trump's reelection chances. That basically they formed an unholy alliance, and that was the, essentially the gist of the Soros article. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, moving on. IBM CEO Ginny Rometty will step down in April. Rometty was the first woman to be CEO of IBM. She's been there since 2012, but the company really has not made the significant headways into cloud computing and artificial intelligence that is needed and has fallen behind other competitors like Amazon and Microsoft. Um, the new head of the company will be the head of cloud computing, Arvind Krishna, and he's taking over. Um, just so you're clear, Ginny will step down, and she's one of only 33 women who hold chief executive uh, positions at Fortune 500 companies. What do you make of this? Well, just to disavow any notion that I'm woke, uh, she would have been fired two years ago if she wasn't a woman. Right. She, she um, uh, has been—I wouldn't say she's been a disaster, but IBM— yeah. 350,000 people, relationships with the biggest companies in the world, and they have—their stock is flat to down over the last—over her tenure. Meanwhile, the S&P is up, you know, twofold. Yeah. Every other tech company, any company with the term tech anywhere near it has skyrocketed. Um, and despite the fact that the company's underperformed, she leaves with about $130 million in compensation. And we're she stuck does. in this very awkward phase of because there's only 33 female S&P 500 CEOs— we wring our hands and wait too long to terminate them when they underperform. And at the same time, on the flip side, and I'm on some of these committees, the mm-hmm. um, compensation and nominating committees that pick the new CEO, generally there's always a CEO. You have these succession plans we review every year. And when it comes to picking a CEO, I'll summarize the 477 companies that pick the dude. There's always a talented woman who's in the running. And then it's as if somebody crashes in the room and says, I know Let's pick someone with a dick. And what do you know? It's every—Hadi O'Neill should be CEO of Nike. (laughs) Sukinder Cassidy Singh should be CEO of eBay. But instead, they went with the white guy. What a shocker, Uh, right? This guy is not a white guy, but all right, okay. Well, we need—oh, no, give us an Indian. That's what everyone says now. (laughs) Send in the Indian. Slow down. He is the head of cloud computing, which is the area they need to be in. He obviously did the red hat. uh, He was involved with the red hat thing. Look, it's Indians to the rescue. uh, Sandeep Matrani at WeWork. He is the natural— He's the one who is in line. He was the one. In, in this Anyways, case, Anyways, we need a lot more female CEOs such that we don't wring our hands and have this existential crisis every time we try to fire one. Yeah. All right. Well, getting back to our actual business, and uh, it, it has that. not kept up. IBM has not kept up in terms of—they've tried a lot of things. They bought some. They bought Red a whole hat. bunch of stuff, and they did Big Blue. They did some weather stuff. They, they tried Watson. all kinds of stuff. Watson. Does Watson, anyone know what Watson, Watson is other than someone getting Bob Dylan tens of millions of dollars to do commercials in the Super Bowl? What is Watson? 
Do you know what Watson is? It's I a don't smart know what it is. It's an artificial intelligence. Listen, they, they have not kept up even as Amazon and others in their natural area in the area they were supposed to be focused in, which was cloud computing. So they're putting the cloud computing guy in place. But it's now a really competitive market. You've got Amazon. You've got Google. You've got uh, Microsoft, which is sort of hitting all cylinders under Satya Nadella, is his area of expertise, by the way. That's right. So they're going to, uh, they're going to uh, really face a lot of and, – and so they're, what's their significant difference is, I think, the, is what you have to ask yourself is what is IBM's significant difference. They're going to lay out 50,000 people and double down on the cloud, if not 100,000 people. They'll go through a wow. crazy right. restructuring. All they'll right. lay off 50 to – literally 50 to 100,000 people, and they'll go double down – on cloud. Speaking of other new CEOs, you know, they brought a new CEO for WeWork, a guy named Sandeep Matrani, who ran General Growth Properties, probably one of the biggest brains in real estate, a very okay, talented guy. Okay, so what do you guy. think? You think this is a good move? Oh, this no. This is I, Marcelo Clare did that. I think this is literally a guy who comes home from his first tour of duty in Vietnam and is in America long enough. Sandeep's been out of the game, I think he retired a couple of years ago, long enough to forget how just fucking awful it is and to mm-hmm. sign up to go back to Vietnam. I think so this why is just terrible. why did he do it? Why did he do it? You know, it's such a high-profile company. There's probably— Is it a terrible choice for him, or is it a terrible— oh, for him. He, You no, think no. he's qualified, though? No, Sandeep's a gangster. Sandeep okay. is super bu- smart, right. big brain, so great So he could do estate. something here, or you think there's nothing to be done? Yeah, this is a bastard child with terrible DNA. This thing yeah. is just—there's nothing—I think there's very little to be— If they took it down to 200 locations from 500, I think it'd be a nice, profitable company. But I think that so many leases are probably so bad, and they've created so many long-term commitments that have terrible underlying economics. I think it's going to be very difficult to pull the nose up. Do you know the rumor I heard that Adam Newman wants to tell his side of the story? He's dying to tell Well, I think he should tell it to the jungle cat. I know that. That would be good. Adam, we're calling. You are invited to tell us. Yeah. What's going on? I mean, it'll be it would be a very tough interview for Adam. I'll be honest with you, Adam. I think you screwed up, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I think it'd be interesting what happens to him. You're right; it's going to get cut, 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 um, and become normalized, I guess, of what it should be, um, and and set it apart. It's interesting if these workspaces, if people, if this was just a trend, or if people really are going to. I think it's a small industry, um, but and people like using them. I don't know how how much more a, lo- a localized industry can be city per city. That's my feeling, that it's not a national footprint kind of business. But that's just me. I don't know. What do you think? I think there are some advantages. This is a company that lends itself, I think, to a, to, to a global presence because for people a who travel to name. London— Brand name. Right. You're right. You can go, okay, I'm going to go to the we and I can get a national presence. But what we failed to do is we like to think that every company, if it has an app— uh, is a tech company that will ultimately trade on multiple of revenues, thereby yep. justifying yep. capital th- that will grow. And this isn't. It's a real estate business that trades at a lower multiple and is built over decades of discipline acquisition of properties and discipline management of them. And they're great yep. long-term businesses, but they're not things you can ramp up and get venture-like returns on. And yeah, I think you're, the right. The brand, you're right. Correct. The brand. I mean, I, in fact, it's like the YMCA. I just joined the YMCA here in D.C., by the way. The Y. The Y. I, I was a member of the Y. The Y kid. is great here. The Y yeah. is great everywhere. Let nice me just wise. tell you, uh, they were great, and it was. I can use them all over the country. It was Young Men's Christians Association. Yes, I'm neither. None of those things. Anyway, in any case, let's get lastly to Amazon. We're going to be very businessy today. Your association. You're the A in that in that acronym. <laughs> I'm an association. Um, no, it's great. I'm going to. There's a rock climbing. I'm gonna, I'll do it with the family. Though there's a baby swimming time. It's going to be great. I highly recommend. And it's also really good for the community. Yeah, I went to two parks 
public parks this weekend with my son, who's all of a sudden showing an interest in basketball. He went to a public park. To public wow. parks. I use yeah. them all the time. I'm, I'm so down with the people. <laughs> you, public you're parks. You're not in your private park. I love oh public parks. Oh my gosh. Public yeah. parks. I, I the place I'm living in Washington has a beautiful public park behind the house, which is just love. It's a place. Well, that's because we beautiful. make the money here in New York, and you spend it up there in oh, DC. Oh, stop me! Oh my God. Let's speaking of money, Amazon's earnings. Please, please oh, pontificate very briefly. Oh my gosh! Like, they were supposed to do three bucks. They did six bucks. Blew yeah. away everything. And the thing you just gotta love about Amazon. It's the really They're boring shit. What? I'm telling you, it's the boring stuff that moves shareholder uh, value. Care. All right, so go pontificate here. What's the big gangster move here? They go to two-day shipping to one-day shipping. It yeah, gets everybody excited. More people sign up. More people on Prime. More more vendors and retailers on the third-party marketplace, which means more high-margin revenue for Amazon Media Group and Overlook Business. I mean, this is just yeah, they're this company is they're just Amanda on just signed up for Prime, fire. and she literally wanted to commit Harry Carey. She hates Amazon, but she did. Yeah, it. no, there's no to resist is futile. Well, Do you realize seventy six percent of U.S. households have Amazon? More households have Amazon Prime than decorate a Christmas tree, have a pet, or voted in the sixteen elections. I mean, this is, is just an astonishing thing. It was remember it was pilloried when they did it. Pilloried. Why would anybody down. do that? Stock yeah, why would anybody spend ninety dollars? I signed up right away. I got it. I got the whole thing. What's interesting about this company is you were talking about monopolies can innovate. You know, you were talking about the AirPods last week about Apple, who which also did rather well. Um, they really do innovate. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they innovate just because they're large. They took a lot of like big steps out when they were small, and so it is in this culture to try. I mean, they are calculated risks, obviously, but they really do do fresh things. They do fresh things all the time. And that's not just, now they can do them even better because they have this incredible market power. But they do they do often introduce stuff. You're like, hmm, well done. I agree. But the suffix to that statement or the adjunct or whatever is that they would continue to do that stuff if they were three companies. Only mm-hmm. other companies yeah. could do more stuff because they wouldn't be put out of business because one company can go in and lose money for 10 years. Or one yes. company can say- Indeed. Hi, FedEx. We're going to embarrass you before the holidays and basically, you know, yeah. crush your business and your stock price. Or, hey, every company in healthcare, when we just sort of hint that we're going in it, you lose $12 billion in market cap the next day. But anyways, I agree with you. They are they are innovative. And also, they're sweeping up all the talent. You know, Amazon is the largest recruiter out of my class. Yeah. And you know, it's. I just met someone who just joined there. And they were, they were like, is it as culty as it seems? And I was like, yes. That was interesting. It was someone who wasn't part of the cult. And what was interesting about it was uh, was the, the questions about being, even this person was like, is this too big? Should it be spun off? So it's going to be interesting to see the next class of worker there is not going to be quite as culty as the previous one. And then secondly, I, there's one area that I think is, is in the Whole Foods area. I don't know if you shop at Whole Foods, but I tend to go buy my food myself because I like to look at things. I don't like people picking out things for me. Um, you're a germa weirdo. You're no, a total germa Yeah, you are. I like are. to pick my avocado. Fine. Like, I okay. usually use smaller stores, actually. But I was noticing the experience in Whole Foods is so strange now with everybody else shopping for other people. Um, it's yeah, insane. It it's insane now. It feels in dystopic. The, it feels weird. It's not just dystopic. It's like a bad consumer experience if you're actually shopping. And it's now become fully a a pick-and-pack kind of store, in the big stores, at least, the yeah. popular stores. In uh, you know, not, I live in, obviously, Washington, San Francisco, but it's a really different experience than Whole Foods used to be. And I wonder, I was like, I'm not coming back in here, this except on off hours. And it was a really interesting 
I just noticed it's becoming kind of wacky and and mean, too, because everyone's carrying those cards. And I I think that's, you know, it's a very noble thing to do any job. Um, And so at the same, so I'm sort of like, okay, this is a good job. But at the same time, it's this sort of serfs and lords Lords. kind of thing that you just like. It's consumption for you. You enjoy it. Yeah. Anyway, it's an You know what I love? Have you been to a super target? No. Oh, they're awesome. Are they? They're big and they're, they have stuff in there. Shopping for me, I shop like once every six months, but it's, um, I haven't turned the flame on in my apartment. I think I've turned it on twice and I think both times it was to light a joint. I just don't cook, yeah. literally, but cook. Super Target is is Super magic. Target. It's so I much love the, fun. I know the CEO pretty well. I should have him to... to I no, they do a good job and Target's actually yeah. getting their act together. I love He's an Target. interesting CEO. Um, um, it'll be just be interesting to see what will happen around breakup. We will have some of that discussion. I have someone I just uh, signed up to code who will be discussing um, big tech breakups uh, going forward. I'm not going to say who. It's well, come true. on. I'm not telling you. you. I can't announce it yet. I can't announce someone it. Someone We just announced breakups? Bob Iger. You were thrilled on that one, I know. It'll be great. No, that's, Bob, that, I, I think, so by the way, I'll pimp, I'll pimp code a little bit. Yeah, uh, code uh, is so epic. Bob Iger is coming. I think that's the biggest get in corporate America right now. Sacha, I'm more interested. We got Sacha. We got— uh, More we interested got, in what Bob has to say. We got Sundar. There's so much going I on I got more now. to come, my friend. I got more to come. Sundar won't say sh- shit. Oh, He'll that's not true. Like me. I'm likable. No. I'm likable. Like <laughs> me. I want to know about those ads that were on the Super Bowl. They were great. Anyway. By the way, we, let's talk. Can what? we talk about ads just for a second? Yes, we will. But we have to go take a break. Oh, and then when we get okay. back, we can talk okay. about I'm that. caffeinated. I know you Pose are. Pose them down. Are. Okay. Pose we're going to get down. back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back uh, with a friend of Pivot and then wins and fails. And then you can say anything you want, mm. Professor Galloway. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Atlassian. The universal truth with our customers is they're all struggling to get stuff done. Our goal is how do we help them unleash the potential of their people, their teams, and their technology to actually get the right things done at the right time with the right people the right way. And when we do that, magical things truly happen. Dom Price is Atlassian's work futurist. It's his job to help Atlassian customers imagine more effective ways to work. It's completely natural to focus on what you can control in your team. The problem is if if that's all you do, you get pretty myopic. The best teams I'm working with, they really work on who are the people upstream and downstream that we need to work with. How do we get flow across the organization? How do we get value into the hands of our customers quickly? And sometimes achieving flow means that instead of asking who do I work for, it's asking who do I work with? When you get team connection right, everyone benefits, the employee, the employer, and the customer, right? To get stuff done, the best organizations and teams right now are focusing on modern work. They're dreaming about the future, but they're dreaming about it by planting the seed to get the right things done right now. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom enable teams to work effectively together to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L. A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. 
Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, we're back with a friend of Pivot. He's my friend, John Lovett. He's one of the co-hosts of Pod Save America and the host of his own brilliant show, Love It or Leave It. I was just on it in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and before that, he was a speechwriter for the Obama White House. Um, election season is really in race, so we wanted to talk to him about how things are playing out specifically between Trump and Bloomberg. Hey, Karen, Scott. Hi from Des Moines. When I think of Trump's ad spending, I think of Palpatine saying this. Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. You know, we're all having fun in Iowa trying to pick the Democratic nominee. Meanwhile, that Trump Death Star is waiting It's going to have unlimited resources to deploy not only a positive economic message, but also through an incredibly sophisticated data operation, target swing voters, not only the kind of voters Trump thinks he can bring home, but also to target potential Democratic voters that they can try to demobilize by painting the Democrat in the worst light possible. And they'll have help from right-wing media that's going to do their best to delegitimize whoever the Democrats ultimately nominate. So I think it's just worth being clear-eyed about what we're ultimately going to face. As for Bloomberg, honestly, I don't know how far you can get with just money, right? Just building a campaign with your resources, not in any kind of organic way. But here's how I can get out of it. It is Sunday night. The Iowa caucuses are tomorrow. And uh, I say we just see how everything looks on the other side of the first votes of 2020. So that's going to be my excuse for dodging that one. And uh, that's all I've got to say. Goodbye from a Marriott in Des Moines. Well, wow. thank you, John. That was really interesting. So, so that guy he, is show your boyfriend. What? That guy is, is show boyfriend. your boyfriend. I have a pen in my mouth. I I'm jealous him. of him. That guy's you a fucking be. genius. He is a genius. Here's the deal. I, so I think smart. he is lying in wait. I think he, I, but Palpatine is a very good way to put it. But I do think that there there is chinks in this armor. I think people are tired of the Trump show, as you do, as you did, as I got when I was watching The Apprentice after I, after 900 seasons. Um, I think people are tired of the back and forth. I don't think it's working as well. I think people have gotten good at response. I think Bloomberg in particular, with his short Instagram ads and everything, you can see his numbers coming up. Um, I think he's got a very sophisticated, I know a couple people who have just joined him or I have a great deal of respect for. Um, and so I think he's, and I think he's coming back very hard uh, with the the response to tweets around him being mini Mike or whatever. He just said the president is lying. He's a pathological liar who lies about everything. His fake hair, his obesity, and his spray on tan. They're not. They're, they've come to play. And so um, I do think uh, I, I do think it's a little different. But it's absolutely true in terms of using Facebook, as you were just talking earlier. Um, 
you know, and he's and these ads. Bloomberg had an eleven million dollar ad. So did Trump. I don't think Trump's was very good. Um, but I do think it, it does add chinks to it. It makes that he's doing not as well given this economy is and, and Bloomberg is coming up. I, I think it might work. But, but what do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, you've been a Bloomberg supporter. So uh, I like John's comments. The only thing I would uh, uh, I would um, the term is disagree or, or add to it is he's he says, well, right wing media will be uh, a force to be contended with. There are about three million people that watch the popular Fox program. There are, I think, 220 million people on Facebook. And when there's an ad that's a blatant lie on Fox, immediately you have everyone from Stephen Colbert to CNN calling them out. When bad actors buy ads on Facebook, and we don't even know who they are, to try and lie about political candidates, what happens is it's not even that they they go after Democratic candidates. They just confuse voters so much in swing districts that it just suppresses the vote. And that's kind of their objective is if we can suppress the vote in swing districts that are leaning towards a Democratic candidate, we can effectively win the election. Because it wasn't it wasn't that so many people voted for uh, Trump that got him elected. It was that so many of the traditional base yeah. of Hillary, yeah. you know, got discouraged or confused or, quite frankly, she just didn't inspire them and didn't turn out. So and you're talking about you're talking about a dumpster fire of damage versus a mushroom cloud of a nuclear bomb when you're talking about Facebook. And this speaks to my, um, I don't know what I'll call it, my, my loss. I don't know if we're doing winners and losers yet, but the banality of evil. And that mm-hmm. is that people have a tendency to look back on really horrible periods in our history and think that that the primary force of, of, of that period was sheer evil from a small group of people. And that evil can't take purchase unless there's a certain apathy. Yeah, true. And that true. Tr- true periods of true evil, there's a there's sort of a banality of it. And that is, right now, I would argue that the banality of evil that we are experiencing is that we have just said no to the notion that the largest communications platform ever in the history of man has decided that they will let influence go to the highest bidder regardless of the veracity of those statements. That to me is just so unacceptable in the fact that we have decided that we'll accept that because we just kind of shrug our shoulders and we're apathetic and like, Facebook's going to do what it's going to do. No, I don't think so. I think people, I think the jig is up on a lot of this stuff. I think it does get tiresome. Well, where's the jigging? How's it Well, I think Bloomberg's being very effective. These ads that he's doing, he did one on gun control last night that was great. Um, they it was did. awful, Kara. No, That's it wasn't my awful. Loss. You're it wrong. Was awful. You're, no, okay, we're going to talk about it. I think they're. I think they're quite good. I think his ads yeah. are quite good. I think he's got a very sharp team, and I think he is behind the scenes. He knows from data, and you so, are officially in the echo chamber. I am not in the echo chamber. I know he knows. Speaking from data. to other wokesters in DC and New York, Bloomberg's best friend, aren't you? Like I don't. I I'm love not, the guy, and I right, hope. I, I hope think Howard. he's got a crack digital team, and I think they are going to use hundred percent. And let me 100%. just say, I'm going to quote Joan Didion, which is a quote that just popped up on my my. Uh, we croak, which was, this was the year, my 28th, when I discovered that not all promises would be kept, that some things are, in fact, irrevocable, and it counted, after all, every evasion, every procrastination, every mistake, every word of it. Let me just say all of it. I just think that uh, this is—people get tired. I don't—I think they're not going to be apathetic this election. I do not. Okay, but there apathy. there are there are two cohorts you need to turn out to beat Trump. The first is the base. Yeah. He's turning out our base for us. That yep. is not who we need to turn out. And this goes to that ad. When I first saw that ad you're talking about, about gun control, I was very moved by it. It was a well-produced ad. But here's the thing. The second base, 
and that's moderate voters, they don't care about black people or gun control. And when I say they don't care about them, that's not the issue they're worried about. The opportunity of the Super Bowl would have been to talk about income inequality, He's the fact that. that the tariffs are hurting the economy, the fact that the guy has absolutely no business being in the business and running the country, given he's the worst businessman Those in the world. Those ads are I, Michael there. Bloomberg. Those are, ads are I know, But there. that was the opportunity. And eh. uh, that ad, that ad, as much as I loved it and it makes you and me feel good, mm-hmm. it only reinforces what we already believe. He already has us. He already— I don't that, agree. That I was, think that was people, a terrible brand to, strategy all right, all right. ad. We're going to get— we're, then And we'll by go the right way, the Trump ad— losses. Okay, that's your loss. That he missed the, an opportunity. The Trump ad, by the way, was fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Fucking brilliant. Safer, you. more prosperous, uh, lowest unemployment of Latinos, lowest unemployment of blacks, wages growing faster than they have in the last 30 years. I mean, and then a bunch of F-15s flying across the sky— I hate the man. I'm going to do everything I can to get him out of office. He schooled Michael Bloomberg in that one ad. I think the rest of Bloomberg ads are fantastic. Yeah. I think I agree with they're great. Last night was an error in brand So strategy. you would like him to do income inequality or something. You used one of the ones he's been doing, which are quite good, too. That he Like Carvel said, it's the economy, stupid. We got to yeah. get the swing voters. They're all about the economy. Do you like the Mike can do it thing? Do you think that's a, a good— yeah. I think I, th- I think I agree with you. I think he's got very talented people. Uh, I like his ads. It's I think it's hilarious that a guy showing up with a much bigger stick. I've always I've always my thesis has always been that uh, Trump is effectively, if you look at his dad, is broke and saw the presidency as a chance to get out of uh, bankruptcy or an impending bankruptcy. I, I think he's Good doing job. this all about, for money. He's done a I don't nice think it's about power. It. I think he's it's going to be money. rich for the rest of his life. That's yeah, true. I think, but I think that's why he's doing it. I think I think the guy's broke. That is your fail. Well, yeah, just my fail was I thought from a, uh, an execution standpoint it was a brilliant ad, but from a brand strategy standpoint they didn't look at their target market and it was a missed right. opportunity in terms of all who right. we got to we we need to turn out. Okay, all right. What is your win then? My win is that the halftime show was not Maroon 5. That's oh my, my win. God. Come on. That and was also, such a good. That was I so— I thought Shakira and J-Lo, that shit was were. money. The big dog was busting a move. Oh, I don't know about you. When fantastic. I dance, yeah. my kids literally act as if they're being tortured. They're like, make they it stop. Tortured. We'll they do anything. They are being tortured. You didn't dance to J-Lo, did you? And oh, my God. I busted a move. No. I busted a move. I had a few. I had a few white claws, which I'm really warming up to. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, the Don't white claw that. said, "Daddy, it's self-care. time to bust a move." Oh no! She just let her dance. Let them dance. They Shakira. were. Let me just say, these are not young women. There. This was was everything about it. Latina, well, older women. It's all relative. They look pretty young to me. Sexy as hell. Just a smart. A lot of subtweeting going on in the dance with the. I was not expecting the feathered boa that was an American flag that became a Puerto Rican flag, which was like the most fantastic subtweet of all time. And then right, the cages right. with the kids. There was so much going on there, and yet it was also happy and entertaining. I, I don't know how they pulled that off. They were totally subtweeting everybody, but then they managed to make it fantastic. I and just, Fox, clearly, it, it's really— the Fox Super Bowl. Care. Fox the, the, like, Fox fine. literally has to try and appeal to everyone. It's their one shot. They're pimping Fox all these Nation. Car- Fox Nation. Oh, yeah. They're pimping all these terrible shows on Fox. And then Fox the Nation. commentators it's Fox Nation. are, okay, the commentators are Jimmy Johnson, the former uh, coach of the Cowboys, who's 77. Mm-hmm. Terry Bradshaw, legendary Hall of Famer. Hold on. 71. Howie Long, who looks like the kid, is 60. It literally looks like early onset dementia yeah, trial group. Not, yeah, and these guys, and then they're like, okay, somebody, some producer watching it goes, look at all these old white guys. We got to go for the future. And they put like hottie Latinas during uh, during halftime. So they're trying to appeal. There's something for 
everybody at the Super Bowl. They just try and appeal I think to— I J-Lo should run for president. That's my feeling. I just think she's fantastic. She's incredibly she's talented. Incredible. Shakira. Shakira's not only like— Shakira's so She's great. got like the crazy talent, super sexy. And she, doesn't she look nice? She doesn't looks Doesn't she nice. look like the kind the of person thing. you invite over thing. for tea? I literally was like, it felt good for our country at that moment. I'm like, you know what? I'm, yeah, they did people, a nice job. This is and no Maroon 5. That's the key. No, no Maroon, Maroon 5. 5. What it was the best one since Beyonce. Beyonce was also good, a little bit more militant. But this was fun and subtweeting at the same time. What ad did you like? the most oh i haven't seen them all um i like the groundhog day one the jeep yeah, one i thought that was yeah. cute i haven't seen the cute. woman from game of thrones singing yet i've got to see that one the audio uh, one that was pretty good there were a couple good ones there was i didn't like the weird little peanut thing that was odd i found that odd. yeah that's gotten a lot of uh criticism but i was like Kill. you can't be baby yoda all right so my win and fail i'm gonna do one this week is yeah. um lila uh jana it was an entrepreneur i knew not very well but pretty well she had a company called samus source um, she passed away from cancer at 37, and she uh, founded a bunch of uh, organizations, but one of them was um, uh, was to help uh, employ people uh, in, in, in poorer people in Kenya, Uganda, India, other places. Just a really interesting, uh, not just a female entrepreneur, but entrepreneur in general, sort of a, a, I wouldn't say a social justice warrior, but very focused on social uh, issues, um, and had this got this odd uh, and terrible cancer and yeah, died. Yeah, soft tissue cancer. And right. she was just terrific. I've, I've interviewed her a number of times, and uh, I tweeted about it. I was like, she could, she had a Harvard education, she had everything, uh, and 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 she could have done anything, and she did this. And so I really felt. Um, it was a huge loss, um, and often she didn't get as much attention as she, as she deserved, including from me and others. Um, I mean, I've written about her uh, uh, when they got funding and stuff like that, but they, she just was—it was just a really—just someone who had true impact on the world. And so that, to me, was—her life was a win. Her death was a fail. Uh, obviously, we all die, but this was just tragic at this age um, of—, of um, of this. Anyway, just a terrific uh, woman, a terrific entrepreneur, and a real loss for our world um, in terms of, uh, of of people that are trying to do uh, creative and interesting things. So that would be my win and fail. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, she's great. Did you ever meet her? She was great. She, she was awesome. No. She was a, she's been a D. She, you've been in places she's been at. She's been, definitely been. But anyway, she was great. She's very funny. Um, and... Um, just not a, just, it was sad. It was sad. Anyway, uh, uh, all right, Scott, I think that's it for today. We're not going to do predictions today. Yeah, no, it's a, it's I'm a, sorry, I'm oh, a bummer. I know that's that's very sad. I'm sorry. I'm 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 sorry that uh, you you passed around the article and I did not know her, and so I appreciate you passing around. Well, let's the get back to J Lo then. <laughs> let's J- let's talk J Lo. Iowa caucuses. Iowa caucuses. We'll talk about that after they're over. We'll talk about it the re- later this week. You don't want to make any predictions. Either. All right, let's make think? one right now before we go. All right, we're going to make a quick one. All right, what is yours? What is yours? So I think uh, it's going to play. I think Bloomberg's going to be the winner in the sense that no dominant victor is going to come yeah. out. The people who are supposed to do well aren't going to do as well as they'd hoped. And I think all of a sudden everyone's going to start talking about Bloomberg as a viable candidate. And I'm biased, but there's. Um, I think Mayor Pete is going to do. It's going to do well. Although what's just so crazy about all of this? I don't know. I I don't know if I can't remember if I gave Mayor Pete money or I signed up for something. I get three emails a day from either Mayor Pete or his husband. Basically, mm-hmm. at this point. Begging for money. Yeah. I mean, every, three like every eight hours. Like this is it. Mm-hmm. Send money now. Thank it's so friends. clear that that money has just become. Yeah, it's got to have money. It, it's just it, it is the mother's milk of campaigning, and yeah. these guys are just so desperate to stay in the race, and you can see why they get to this point. But my prediction is that in a weird way, 
Yeah, it's going to be fifteen percent for everybody. Yeah, and then that's going to go I, into I Super agreed. Tuesday. Although I do think Biden's shown a little bit of spark, a little bit more spark than spark. before. Spark? Where's that spark? No, you Jesus. know, her, his wife was great today on MSNBC. I have to say, I, they they should tra- drag her out a lot more, like put her up because she's yeah, quite she's a live a live yeah, wire and so intelligent and so smart and um, yeah. just really uh, such a contrast to. to Melania Trump, obviously. Yeah, and she's young and good looking. She makes him look 80. She brings down his age 10 or 15 <laughs> years. Case, I think he's got a tiny bit more spark than you think. I know what you mean. But I think he's got—but I agree with you. I think this is going to be like 15% for everybody, and then what? And then what? Although you never know. Bernie might, you know, surge forward. Bernie's got momentum. Yeah, it's he crazy. He does. I know. We'll they, those, he's, you know, he's very Trump-like in that regard in terms of his base. Um, they're not like Trump people, but they're—he's got a—he's got a—, he's got a uh, He's got a What very, happened to Andrew Yang? Where's he going? Oh, he's doing good. He's still in he's there. Well? He's still hanging around the basket. Yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. I'm convinced that's your next co-host to pivot is Andrew Yang. Oh, it's true. It would be that Love It guy, but he's got his own rock podcast. You know what? I've got a podcast. list. Let's just say I have You've a list. You've got a list. You've got a list. That's comforting. Anyone that's comforting. working with Scott Galloway needs to have a list. That needs to have a backup oh plan. God. Who knows what's going to happen with that white claw. And uh, uh, I need to stop burying bones. Wait, Scott, before I go, I cannot resist Jeff Bezos uh, being sued by his— Oh, my God. It's not really his brother. In law, I don't, it's just Hold his girlfriend's phone. brother. Hold the phone. Okay, let me get this. All right. So, granted, granted, the dog wasn't exactly lighting the single scene on fire <laughs> when I got divorced. <laughs> but okay, think about this guy. This guy. So, remember that woman who was eaten by a giant python while she was uh, yeah. Uh, g- yeah. growing pineapples? That immediately, unfortunately, it's tragic. But it immediately outs her as a bad gardener. Oh, no, Jeff Scott. Bezos is the worst dater in the world. Let me get this. His first girlfriend, first off, she's 50, a guy with $150 billion should go younger, but that's an entirely different conversation. All right, don't even, don't even. Okay, and hold on, hold on. His new girlfriend's brother is suing him for defamation because he's accused him of sending his dick pics, which he sent to his girlfriend, which she then forwarded to her brother, which he then forwarded to the National Enquirer. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Mr. Bezos— is yeah. terrible at dating. He needs to roll with the yeah. dog. There are just yeah. some basics here. No dick pics. Don't piss off the brother. And by the way, God, don't the just jump into a relationship. He should be saying to, he should that be going on Tinder slimy. and saying, who wants to go to the Academy Awards with the biggest dog, the one-day prime dog in the world? This guy is literally, he's the best oh, in the world yeah. at a lot of things. He is the worst Dater in the world. All right, says Scott, the best dater in the world. Anyway, bad situation for Jeff Bezos. And honestly, I feel sorry for him. This brother seems like just such a sketchy character and just awful. And, you know, you, when you go out with someone, you 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 do marry their family in a lot of ways. And, and here you go. And this is what the, he's got. Do you think that's a negative forward-looking indicator when the family <laughs> of your lover is suing you for defamation? Is I, that I, a red I, flag? It's not good. Is it's that a red good. flag? It's not good. That's like it's finding out, oh, I have a new boyfriend and he's a club promoter. Red flag. Yeah. Red right. flag. All right, Scott, we're out. And that is relationship advice with Scott Galloway. Anyway, Scott, it's a pleasure. We have a lot of things to talk about later this week. There's a lot going on. There and is I'm a looking lot going forward on, Kara. to it. There's a lot going on. Remember, we love your questions. If you have a question about a story you're hearing in the news, email us at pivot at voxmedia.com to be featured on the show. What a thrill. I was on pivot. <laughs> oh People my gosh. Love it. What are you talking yeah, I about? I know. Back to, yeah, my favorite part of the show, how awesome we are. Today's right. show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Erica Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Rebecca Castro and Drew Burrows. 
Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're on Android, check us out on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back later in the week with all things or a breakdown of all things tech and business. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. What do you think of when you hear the word flow? How about a smooth river of collaboration culminating in a shared ocean of positive outcomes across your organization? Atlassian software like Loom, Confluence, and Jira can help you achieve maximum flow across your teams by enabling fast and easy communication and connection no matter what time zone they're in. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how to unlock flow across your teams at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. 